The opinions expressed on The Rob Report are the opinions of the host participating callers and or listener emails, text, and or letters, and are not necessarily the opinions of WDAY or Forum Communications. Good afternoon, Rob Port 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Happy to be with you. Man, it has been a busy week. Uh, we have been uh, just going full out here. Um, last night, I, I was actually on Fox News last night, if you can believe that. Uh, I've, I've never done a, a, cable news, uh, a cable news segment before. Uh, after last night, I may never do one again. I think everybody got a good sight why uh, why Port works in a radio medium. Uh, not so good. High def. Not real kind to uh, to us chubby guys. <laughs> chubby, hairy guys. Yeah, not so great. Uh, and uh, and also, I had, I had to couple get it. They literally, they, they set up the interview with me. They initially contacted me right before the show yesterday. And then I had to spend the whole show, like, emailing back and forth to the point where I was literally, like, I went to the, because we recorded the interview right after the show yesterday. So during commercial breaks yesterday, I was in the bathroom, like, shaving and trimming my beard and stuff. Um, I, I shaved my unibrow. I cut myself. So that's a nice little shaving cut there in high def. That was awesome. And, uh, of course, all about the uh, the height camp uh, ad scandal, which continues, although... Looking from her campaign, it I, looks like they just want to move on now, which is which is kind of an amazing thing. Earlier this week, a very contrite, very emotional Senator Heitkamp appeared on this radio show. She appeared on numerous other radio shows. She did her quote-unquote apology tour. She says she owns this. So far, what they've done, they fired a staffer. Uh, they're not telling us the, the name of the staffer, which means they're affording this fired staffer a greater degree of, of protection and anonymity than they afforded the sexual assault victims they outed in the campaign ad. So that's what that's what they're doing. And uh, yesterday, last night, Senator Heitkamp was out in Williston at a campaign stop. She was attacking Kevin Kramer. You look at the social media accounts for her campaign and all her campaign staffers, and they're just back to normal. So earlier this week, Senator Heitkamp says she owns this story, right? She owns it, and she's going to make it right. But now a couple days later, everything's back to normal. I think they're just hoping that the news cycle flips over and it's over with. That's what I really think they're hoping. And, and by the way, one of her victims was on CNN this morning. She says she says there's no going back now. Her name's out there. This is a private thing. She kept it to herself. But now it's out there. She has to live with that for the rest of her life. By the way, Senator Heitkamp still hasn't contacted her to apologize directly. Meanwhile, Senator Heitkamp's running print ads across the state. I spotted one in the Minot Daily News today. It's this tiny little thing. The original ad that outed the sexual assault survivors uh, was was a full-page ad, huge ad, right? The apology is this little tiny thing. Isn't that just how it works? Anyway, we'll talk more about that in a moment. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We got a busy show today. Secretary of State Al Jagger. There's been a, um, there's been a little mix up with some ballots, uh, in one of North Dakota's counties and a bunch of cap ballots had to be reprinted because one of the candidates of the United States House race, his name was left off. Independent candidate 
uh, Charles Tuttle. His name was left off the ballot. Uh, Josh Boucher is uh, going to be joining me at one thirty to talk about that because he's saying uh, it's all Jagger's fault, and this is another example of the incompetence uh, for the incumbent's office. Uh, Secretary of State Al Jagger himself will be joining me at one thirty, so we'll do that. And then also tonight we have a debate in North Dakota Senate race. You've been hearing the ads. You've heard the pundits out here directly from the candidates running for the Senate and House seats to represent North Dakota in Washington, D.C., uh, you can turn into this station, 970 AM 93.1 FM, tonight from 7 to 8 uh, for the Senate candidates uh, debating uh, Kevin Kramer, Heidi Heitkamp. And then Friday night, 7 to 8, it's the House candidates, uh, Max Schneider, Kelly Armstrong, and Charles Tuttle. Uh, that's the Senate candidates tonight, House candidates tomorrow night, 7 to 8 p.m., both times right here, 970 AM 93.1 FM. Uh, and on this show, at 1 o'clock, Grand Forks Herald publisher Corey Wenzel who is moderating the Senate debate tonight, uh, he'll join us uh, to give us a little preview. That's uh, coming up at 1 o'clock. Uh, plus your phone calls, of course, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. So back to this back to this high camp situation. I, I, I think she's at the point she just wants to turn the page, which is frustrating to me on, on a number of fronts. I don't think you just get to turn the page for this. That's not what owning this means. And I understand what some people out there are thinking. Well, that's just very politically convenient, right? You just, you just want her to focus on this and not the other stuff that she wants to campaign on. But the thing is, is I didn't create this. This was a self-inflicted wound. Senator Heitkamp did this to herself. She's, I mean, she herself has acknowledged how serious it is. She herself emotionally said she was going to own it. She says she owns this. So where's the evidence that she's owning it? She gave her own staffer that she fired more protection than the women named in her ad got. She's not telling us the name of that staffer. By the way, I mean, who who was the staffer? Was it like an intern? Did, did some intern or volunteer take a figurative bullet for someone higher up in the campaign? Are we to believe that one person alone was responsible for organizing this ad? Nobody else was involved? Because I got to think it was a process, and I got to think somewhere along the way, somebody should have asked, hey, did we get permission from these people to use their names? Are we sure that they're all on board? Are we sure that they all actually support Heidi Heitkamp, that they all actually support Kevin Kramer, that they all actually support the message of the letter, that they all actually want to be public, that they all actually are sexual assault survivors? Because some of them say they weren't. That was, that was all just one person that fell on? We don't even know who this person is? That's not enough. If you say you own it, that's not enough. And there's other questions, too. I, I still want to know, because Senator Heitkamp, I was reading in the story in the Williston Herald yesterday, Senator Heitkamp was out there saying again that they worked with vit- victims advocates to compile this list. Now think about that for a moment. Why are professional victims advocates working with a partisan political campaign? Who are these advocates? What were they doing in this situation? And have they created a situation where maybe these sorts of advocates aren't going to be trusted anymore by victims who are afraid that if they go to them and they tell their story, their story might be used as cannon fodder in a political campaign? 
I mean, that's that's the fallout from this stuff. And the only place we can get these answers from is the Heitkamp campaign. And so far, they're not telling us anything. They're not even talking about it. If you go to their social media accounts, I mean, you wouldn't even think that it happened. They're just carrying on, attacking Kevin Kramer. And by the way, how crass is that? I don't have any problem with sharp elbows in politics. I don't have any problem with that stuff, right? Kramer throws them, Heitkamp throws them, Republicans throw them, Democrats throw them. It's just that time of year. And in other circumstances, I have no problem. Get after it. We have just a you know little over two weeks left. Get after it. That's fine by me. But in this situation, I mean, you haven't even apologized to all the victims of your ad yet. And you're back out on the campaign trail attacking Kramer, trying to change. The, frankly, this, this this is how I perceive it, and I think a lot of people do. Senator Heitkamp's trying to change change the subject. Right? I mean, I, th- I think right now, I think their strategy is we're going to stonewall. Our strategy is we're going to give out as little information as possible. We're going to go into bunker mode, despite the senator saying that she's going to own it, despite her saying that there's going to be a process and there's going to be accountability. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to go into bunker mode. And just hope that the the news cycle turns over, everybody gets distracted by something else, and things move on. But if she meant what she said about accountability, I don't think you could do that. I'd love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. You can't come on radio shows like mine for the first time in six years. You can't come on and say, I, I believe in accountability. I own this. I'm going to make this right. You can't do that and then go into bunker mode, which is exactly what's happening right now. Brad emails, uh, Rob, I know this is a hypothetical, but can you imagine if this was something Kramer had done? Well, yeah, I mean, if if Kramer had done something like this, yeah, I mean, it would be, Heitkamp would be out calling for blood, which, by the way, Kramer's almost been positively restrained in his response to this, and that's probably smart of him. When your opposition, when your opponent is imploding, why get in her way? We uh we got a call, Scott. Go ahead, Scott. What's up? Hey Rob. Hey Rob. I'm gonna make a prediction tonight. Sure. Uh, if Kevin Kramer does bring up this issue tonight uh, regarding the the, oh, the disclosure of these names and stuff, uh, even if he does it really quietly and tactfully, she's gonna go into total victim mode um, and uh, want people to feel sorry for her. I, I I'm yeah. just gonna call it right now. She'll he'll he'll get accused of politicizing it, right? She'll have her she'll have her surrogates, her friendly media voices, her brother or somebody accusing Kramer of trying to politicize it or whatever. And I mean, the thing is, is it's really not political, which is why I think it's unfortunate that Senator Heitkamp's just back in campaign mode, bouncing right back, despite the fact. I mean, this morning on national media on CNN, one of the victims of her ad is saying, "My life's changed forever." Right? I mean, Heitkamp just wants to truck right by that. You don't get to do that. And no, people can say that, it's... I think Kramer should put an ad out saying, I am, it's not my style to, to make this an issue. Um, it is what it is. We can't ignore it. Uh, and just try to rise above it, but call her out on it. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if that would be smart for Kramer. 
Honestly, I think Kramer ought to step aside. You know who ought to be demanding accountability is the public. I think this is the public's job. She works for us, right? We ought to, if, even people who are going to vote for her, I think ought to stand up and say, listen, Heidi, you got to do more. You got to do more. What is the outrage? Yeah. Well, I remember, I mean, when during the Kavanaugh thing, we had protesters lined up in the halls of Congress screaming shame at members of Congress because they voted for Brett Kavanaugh. Where are the protesters for Senator Heitkamp? Because this was a shameful thing that she did. Totally. This was a shameful thing that she did. And people see through this crap, the double standard. Yeah. Well, there is a double standard, and it's really unfortunate. Scott, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. What do you think? We're going to take a little break. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Emailer, uh, email Ryan says, how many assault victims did the publication actually came forward in protest? Was it all of them? Uh, no, not, not all of them by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think in the media there's been maybe a half dozen or less. But you got to remember, I, I have heard that as many as, as two dozen, roughly, were, were inappropriately identified. But you got to remember, they're not, a lot of them aren't necessarily coming out to the press because they didn't want to be known. They didn't want to be out there in the first place. And now, they, I mean, a couple of them are courageously, a few of them are courageously coming out and speaking to the media. And I think that's very courageous of them because it's a story that's worth telling. But a lot of them never wanted to be in the public's eye in the first place. You know, so I don't, I don't blame them for coming out. Uh, let's go to the phones. Caller, Ken, by the way, if you want to join in, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Ken. We're about a couple weeks out from the election. I'm not, uh, you know, Kramer's not paying me for advice, but here, here's what, where it comes down for me. Uh, Heidi's record does not support her uh, as far as getting reelected. She's got two cards to play. One is, I'm nice. I'm Heidi. Everybody likes me. And he's the boogeyman. Look at him. Look at how bad he is. Look at how crooked he is. This is what she did to Burke. There's, Kramer can do nothing. Uh, Heidi's already shot herself in the foot two weeks out with her, I'm nice. You got to leave that alone. And the boogeyman stuff—you just got to deal with it as best you can, and see if it if it plays in in in, uh, in you know middle America. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I think I think I think Kramer's best just standing on the sidelines on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, he can do. It's, he, he doesn't need to do anything here. This is this is a legitimate news story. He's not going to goad the press into doing anything they're not going to do anyway, which is. Oh, Heidi, you don't want to tell us who the person is? Well, okay. How about the forum or somebody? This can't be. This is Washington D.C. If somebody's not at their desk today and was at their desk yesterday, that shouldn't be that hard to figure out. If somebody wants to figure out who it is, I don't care whether she says yeah. who it is or not. Somebody's not showing up to work. Yeah. No. I mean that's true. Well, it's, well and, and it's it wouldn't be her. It wouldn't be her. I mean, it better not be anybody in her Senate Senate staff because. They, um, I, don't I mean, know. her Senate staff's not supposed to be working on her campaign. So the campaign staff, you know, I, that's a little trickier. I mean, that's a little harder. And was it like a volunteer? Was it, I mean, I, I saw in one article, they weren't even clear. Uh, they didn't even want to make it clear whether or not the employee was fired or resigned. I mean, that's how right. little transparency they're giving us on this. And, and honestly, I would rather just keep the heat on the campaign. Tell us, because it's not just the identity of the person. It's also, who are the victims advocates you were working with? Why were they working with a partisan political campaign? Do we have to worry? Did they violate any laws or ethics policies as victims advocates? Were HIPAA laws, right, health, health uh, privacy act uh, laws violated? 
were uh, or anything. I mean, there's so many questions here that we need to and understand. The stone wall is up until the election. Then, if she gets reelected, well, then you you got six years to answer yeah. questions. Yeah, but it can't. It the stone wall can't go up. She came on this show. She went on other shows. She said she owns this. She doesn't get to just go into bunker mode now. If she owns it, she needs to mean that and own it. And that means being transparent with us about what happened. We need to it's know how this to happened. Voters. It's up to North Dakota voters to buy this yeah. or not. I agree, Ken. Thanks for the call. Uh, I want to get to some emails. Uh, emailer says, Oi, I can't wait till this is over. Democrats and Republicans are annoying. I've always loved your show, though, Rob. Much more interesting than your predecessor in the time slot. Regardless if you do vote, excuse me, regardless if I do vote, and if I vote for Kramer or Heidi, I just want to move on, too. Uh, and it's all political to both of them. Uh, they both make everything into a political move. It's all the same, so whatever. I, I don't know. That's too cynical for me. This stuff matters. These people are going to be governing. Uh, I know the ads and everything get annoying, but this is the process. And the alternative is, is I guess, going to war. Uh, emailer says, uh, what good would releasing the responsible employee's name do? They'll get drugged through the mud by the media. Yes, they made a horrible mistake, but should another person's life be ruined for this? Well, I don't know that their life would be ruined, but... Yeah, I think the responsible person ought to be named. If, if for no other reason so that we can understand whether or not it's legitimate. I mean, was this really the person who was responsible? Or is this just a scapegoat who was sent out to save some of Heidi Heitkamp's uh, maybe more important staff? Right? I'm, I'm sorry that this happened. I'm sure that this employee doesn't want to be in the limelight any more than the sexual assault victims who didn't want to be named, didn't want to be in the limelight either. But tough. They made a decision. They did something, and with that comes accountability. When you choose to work in politics, you have to accept that your name might might be out there. That's one of the things you accept as part of the gig. Uh, let's see, another emailer says, uh, Charlie, says, I think if Kramer could stay on message tonight, not go after Heidi at all, it's in the bag for Kramer. Talk about the tax cuts and how well our economy is doing. If he could talk about things people care about and can really resonate with without getting in the gutter, He'll win hands down, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I, I, I think I think maybe to summarize Charlie's point, it kind of feels like it's Kramer's race to lose. I'm not sure there's anything Heitkamp can really do to dig out of this hole. I think, I think ethically, I think morally, she's got some responsibilities to explain to us what happened to this ad. Politically, I'm not sure what she can do. And if, if Heitkamp, does, or excuse me, if Kramer doesn't go sticking his foot in his mouth, then, yeah, I think it's his race, you know, and we'll see what happens tonight. I have a feeling that the moderators may bring. I, I, I have no inside information. I have no idea. I don't I don't know. I'm not part of that at all. But I have a feeling. I mean, it's going to come up. It's been all over the news. It's been national news. It would be journalistic malpractice, I think, if this didn't come up during the debate tonight. I don't think Kramer has to bring it up. I think it has to come up. It's a valid issue. Anyway, uh Speaking of campaigns, we're going to move on. Secretary of State Al Jagger is going to be on. There was a mix-up where a candidate was left off uh, some ballots in a county in North Dakota here. His uh, Jagger's opponent is saying it's an example of his incompetence and why he shouldn't be in office anymore. Jagger will explain, and then that opponent, Josh Boucher, will be on later in the program as well at 1.30. This is the Rob Report, 970 WDYAM 93.1 FM. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Rob Report, 970 WDYAM 93.1 FM. All right, Secretary of State race. Josh Boucher, who is the uh, Democratic challenger for Secretary of State this year, uh, he is out uh, on the stump. 
uh, blasting the incumbent Al Jagger over uh, a mix-up over some ballots where uh, a candidate's name was left off the ballots. Uh, Secretary Jagger, the incumbent, obviously uh, defending himself, and he joins me now. Uh, Al, how's it going? It's going great. Very busy. I I imagine it's it's a busy time of year for you. First of all, describe for us what what happened with these names being left off the ballot. Can you just just bring well, us up to speed? Well, okay. First of all, what we have is a system uh, called Voices. It was developed about eight nine years ago. It's a software program that we use to populate um, the ballot with all of the statewide races, the measures, the legislative districts, and and ju- the judicial districts, and that's so that there's the the ballot is the same for those throughout this entire state and so there's a work queue and so with that we have what we've already populated after the filing deadlines on all of those particular races and then the county can go in and they can add things that are specific to their county like for instance in burley county there are i believe three measures that were added by the uh, city of bismarck Okay, so the county auditor here adds those into that work queue and that ballot makeup um, that included what we already have populated from the standpoint of the state. On the day of que- uh, the filing deadline day, uh, the auditor uh, had prepared the ballot, uh, you know, ahead of time, which is which is fine. There's no problem with that. But then uh, at 1:15 on that filing deadline day, Charles Tuttle came in with his petitions. And so uh, we had to review them to make sure that there was 1,000 signatures on it. And so that took into the evening. And after we determined that he had uh, submitted adequate signatures, uh, his name got populated uh, on the the ballot, um, you know, for that that night. The next day, uh, what we do is invoices. This is how we communicate with the county auditors. A certification comes out from from me certifying the ballot that these are all the candidates that are on there. In this particular case, uh, what the county auditor did, rather than to use the certified copy uh, that we certified with Charles Tuttle's name on, uh, she took the one that she had been working on without Charles Tuttle's name and submitted that uh, to the printers. And so uh, it was a a human error, uh, but it wasn't a fault of the system or this office. we had done everything correctly. The message that goes out with the certification reminds all of the auditors that they're always supposed to go back and double check to make certain that the, that what was certified is what they're using for printing their ballots. Now, so so it sounds to me like you're saying that the mistake, the error, the human error was made at, at the county level. Is that correct? Well, yes, because the, the ballot that was used was not the one that we certified. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at wdaywa.com. Now, what Mr. Boucher, is, he, what he is saying, he's out on the campaign trail. He's got some pictures of, of your desk, uh, mm-hmm. which which I got I got to tell you, Al, is a mess, although I don't have any room to talk because I'm sitting here looking at my desk, and it's it's um, it ain't well, great. You know, I'll, I'll tell you the, that. You know, the thing is, is that um, I, I think it shows that we're really busy over the years. Uh, the, the amount of uh, initiatives out of this office in terms of legislation that – uh, you know, created new business structures and everything. Uh, I'm a real busy guy, and I'm not going to apologize for, for not having a clean desk. Uh, I'm a working Secretary of State with the amount of staff that we have. Everybody has to pitch in, and I certainly carry my sh- my share of the load as well. So uh, it's a great picture. Um, 
Uh, I think somewhere, as he said, it was four feet high. Uh, no, I, I have to dispute that. It isn't quite that high. I would say about a foot. But, you know, it is what it is, and and uh, I'm not going to apologize for it. I work very hard in my office, and we get a lot of stuff done. He said that this is due to disorganization in your office, that there's been past. This is just the latest uh, this is just the latest iteration of, of a long stream of problems in your office. What's your response when he says things like that? Well, first of all, I don't know I, you know, what kind of problems we've had. Uh, um, you know, one of the things he keeps bringing up is uh, we're behind. We need to be modernized. And, you know, I just mentioned to you that we have, have had voices for eight, nine years. Um, the ND.gov, uh, where we direct people in terms of voting and where they can go in and find their ballot, view their ballot, that was launched eight, nine years ago. Uh, that's been ranked four times as number one in the nation by the Pew Charitable Trust. And, uh, and we got a high, the third high ranking from MIT uh, this uh, last election cycle. Uh, we've had a lien filing system that's been going for two and a half years uh, with, that the lenders use 24-7, no complaints, working well. We're just in the testing of our, of our first stop uh, software uh, so I don't know where the problems are. Uh, we're doing exceedingly well with everything we're doing. We, like I said, the two two things I already mentioned to you. We, you know, eight nine years uh, online campaign finance filing uh, that's been out for four years already, and so uh, we're right on top of things. And uh, our first stop is going to be one of the best in the country. And uh, I let I gave very specific instructions that it is not to be rushed. Uh, we do it right, and it won't be launched until we know that it's going to work for sure. And so every day we have staff working on it. They have their full-time jobs, and then they take time away from their full-time jobs to do the testing. So it is a process that takes takes some time. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what the specific problems are because we really don't have any. We Everything that we're doing, we're right on on task. And I heard yesterday you mentioned something about our voting system. We know it needs to be replaced and kind of criticizing us that we're using the Windows 7. Well, we use Windows 7 because the voting system, the tabulators use Windows 7. And so to be able to communicate, we have to use that, that system. Uh, the last session, we had a proposal for a new voting system. We already have the RFP in place uh, uh, for the... Uh, consideration of the upcoming session. Uh, so uh, we already have that with the voting system, and we rec already have recommended that the money that we received from the Help America Vote Act uh, that was passed through by Congress, uh, uh, that $3 million of that be applied towards the cost of a new voting system. So uh, we're in the forefront of a lot of things. We have a caller on the line, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. What's up? Yeah, I just want to make a comment. Uh, Al's desk looks like mine. And it's reminding me of, uh, uh, I believe it was Albert Einstein that said, if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, what is an empty desk a sign of? <laughs> nice. Nice one, <laughs> I'm Steve. I'm on your yeah. team, Al. You're doing great. Well, you know, uh, I, I know people advise me that I need to clean up my desk, but I have many, many, many different duties uh, from the from the land board, the historical board, the emergency commission, uh, what we do every day in the office. Um, you know, something was said about, our, you know, we didn't prepare for this elections. Elections are worked on in this every day of the year. And so um, we're very busy. Um, 
you know, we've had a, a huge change with when the Supreme Court and the, or the Eighth Circuit that uh, decision and the Supreme Court upholding it. The, the last uh, three weeks have been ex- extremely busy because we've had to change all of the instructions uh, to the county auditors in terms of voter ID and all of that. And so, uh, very busy time. And, and uh, because of our preparation, we're able to make that change rather quickly and make sure that all the updated information goes out. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. A few minutes left with Secretary of State Al Jagger. Al, another, another, um, uh, point that, uh, that, that Josh Boucher has been, been making is that you're not the Republican candidate on the ticket this year. Uh, you, you won't be listed as Republican. You're the independent. Uh, that is because Republicans chose somebody else at their convention. Uh, and Will Gardner dropped out of the race for reasons that people could go, uh, you know, we don't need to get back into here. But yet he had a scandal and he had to drop out. Uh, so you got back on the ticket as, as an independent. Josh is saying that it's, it's things like this that Republic made Republicans decide to go another way in the first place. And it's why voters ought to vote for him and not you. What's your response? Well, my response is that what happened at the convention happened at the convention. But I can tell you all the Republicans that have talked to me that weren't at that convention who, who were upset what happened at what happened at the convention, uh, um, you know, were upset. And, and what's happened and since June, since the Republican Party has given me their letter of support, I may not be uh, relisted on the ballot as Republican, but I can tell you that what we've done in the relatively short period of time and the contributions and the support that we've gotten from Republicans all over the state, uh, there's no lacking support from the part of the Republican Party. Um, the convention was one of those things that happened, but it certainly has not been a rejection by the uh, Republican Party and the, and the people from throughout the state. Uh, so uh, um, I'm still a Republican. I've received strong support from the Republicans, uh, uh, the Republican parties behind me, so uh, no problem. We're going forward, and and uh, it doesn't make any difference what happened at the convention. The Republican Party and uh, voters throughout the state—they're the ones that are going to make the decision, and so I'm very comfortable with that. I'm uh, the support is there. It's it's quite frankly at times it's been overwhelming in terms of the encouragement that I've received. I and I think we also need to remember, uh, you know, when people make decisions such as the one they made at the convention, the choice that they were making was between you and Will Gardner based on what they knew about Will Gardner in that moment. Now, we learned some additional things about Will Gardner. He's out of the race now. But at the convention, the, the choice between you and Josh Boucher, I think, for a lot of voters, including Republican voters, is a much different matter. Um, you know, yes, that's the is. race that's before us. That's that's the race that's on the ballot. And I think that's uh, that's important for people to keep in mind. Now, Al, any any last comments or anything to add before we let you go? Well, no, we're really very busy now, and and uh, because of the attention that the nation is giving or, or national media is giving to the situation with uh, voter ID, I uh, mean, we're right on top of that. We've uh, within day, with just a few days after the Eighth Circuit uh, granted the stay, we've been in communication with the. Uh, tribal governments in terms of uh, uh, what what is acceptable and, and what they can use and, and how they can provide the, the information that has always been required by state law. And so it's been a very busy time for us. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, uh, you know, everything working out well. And, and like I said, uh, you know, things are going well, working hard, great staff. Um, things are going good. 
What uh, I, I wanted to ask in, in terms of the the voter ID issue, we've we've heard some some tribal, um, I, I think official. Maybe it's an advocate. I guess I'm not sure if the group represents the tribe or if it's a third party advocacy. I, I'm not real sure. But they were talking about setting up outside of polling places. Uh, I guess that to help print off information to help um, Native American voters specifically identify themselves at at the polling place. Have you heard about this? What what can you tell us about that, Al? Well, well, yes, we were contacted, and in our responses, we, we provided the same information that we provided to the tribal governments. Um, we've always taken the position that the state of North Dakota cannot dictate to the tribes what kind of identification they provide uh, uh, to their 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 members, and that can be as simple as a, a stationary tribal stationary with the name of the voter, a residential address, and their birth date on it. Uh, it's up to them to decide you know, what they're going to use. So they can use their tribal ID. They can use their BIA identification. All of the identification, the three three things that are critical to it in, under North Dakota law is the name, uh, the residential address, and the birth date, and what format that takes on the part of the tribal government. That's their decision. And so uh, they, they have quite a variety in options in terms of how they format that, as long as they have the whatever they have identification is that those three things tie together al thanks for your time you're welcome that's secretary of state al jagger this is rob port we're uh, gonna take a little break we'll be right back 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com don't go away welcome back rob report 970 wd am 93.1 fm Back to the height camp issue we were talking about at the beginning of the show. And by, by the way, we did just finish up with Al Jager. His opponent, Josh Porche, is going to be on at uh, 1.30 to give his side of the story. So we'll talk with him. Uh, also coming up in the next hour, 1 o'clock, Corey Wenzel is going to be on to uh, preview the Senate debate tonight. It's the Senate debate tonight. It's the House debate tomorrow night. And, of course, if you want to listen to that debate, 7 to 8 p.m. tonight, uh, you could do so right here, 970 WDYAM, 93.1 FM. Why in the world would you go anywhere else? Corey Wenzel, moderator of that debate, is going to be on preview at uh, next hour, 1 o'clock, and then 1.30, Josh Boucher. I got an email about the um, about the situation with uh, Camp and the campaign, and I really think she's she – if, if, if the standard is owning it, she hasn't done enough yet. I mean, she's taken responsibility for it. Uh, but she's – owning it, to me, means accountability. Um, anyway – Emailer says, why hasn't anybody called for Libby Schneider to be fired over Heidi Heitkamp's uh, debacle? As her campaign manager, isn't this, at the end of the day, her mistake? As someone who worked on Heidi Heitkamp's 2012 campaign, I can honestly say that none of this would have happened under Tessa Gould's leadership. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Um, but this is part of the problem. I, I think we need to know who was let go so we could find out. Was this really Senator Heitkamp holding somebody accountable? Or is this somebody uh, getting scapegoated? I think it's a valid question to ask. It's a valid thing that we ought to get to know. Uh, by the way, this the ad uh, today, the Senator Heitkamp ran a uh, the offending ad, the one that's got everybody buzzing, that's made national news now. It's a print ad. It's an open letter print ad signed by over 100 um, people who were uh, sexual assault survivors. Um as perhaps as many as two dozen of them didn't want to be identified. But anyway, Senator Heitkamp is now running an ad apologizing for it. And I, I, I posted it up. I, there was a version of it that was in the Minot Daily News. Uh, and I posted an image of it at sayanythingblog.com. And I can tell you, the, the original Heitkamp ad, full-page ad. Full-page ad. This ad, 
tiny little ad down in the corner. I, I don't know what to read into that, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, if, if, if that's an indication of how sincere Senator Heitkamp is, it's, it's not very good. And I, I say that I think she was sincere when she was on this program earlier this uh, earlier this week. I think that she was sincere, but she's got to do more. She's she's got to do more. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a break. We'll come back next hour. Corey Wenzel. We'll do a preview of tonight's Senate debate, which again you can listen to right here on nine seventy WDY AM ninety three point one FM. Uh, and of course, you can call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. We're Rob Report 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. So tonight, 7 to 8 p.m., there is a debate in North Dakota Senate race. It's, um, well, was it supposed to be the first debate in this race? There was supposed to be a debate previously, but it got canceled during the, uh, well, sort of the chaos surrounding the, uh, the, 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 appointment of uh kavanaugh to the united states supreme court uh so anyway that debate got canceled tonight's debates the first debate in this race between kevin kramer and heidi heitkamp uh and you can listen to it live right here on 970 wdayam 93.1 fm from 7 to 8 p.m moderator for that debate is uh grand forks herald publisher Corey wenzel who joins me now Corey, how are you good afternoon good afternoon are you uh, are you ready for your uh time in the spotlight you ready for this well, I've told a few people, you know, when I first agreed to this, it just seemed like a normal little debate, you know, and we've all done those. And now I realize this is a pretty big deal tonight. I think it's going to be fun. The whole world's, yeah, there's going to be, not the whole world, but there's going to be a lot of people paying attention to this, uh, particularly because this debate's coming after this race has gotten a lot of attention in the national media on uh, on multiple fronts. Uh, I mean, what, what do you expect? I, I don't want you to tip your hand, you know, for, for whatever questioning or whatever, but uh, maybe yeah. first of all, let's, let's let's start here. How's well, how's the format? I mean, how how is this going to work? People tuning in, what are they going to hear? Okay, so it'll start off uh, with me just introducing a little bit, uh, you know, thanking the sponsors and the hosts, uh, and then we'll go in and and we'll start the debate. We've got at least fourteen questions planned for them tonight, possibly as many as sixteen. Uh, they'll take turns. They'll each get a minute to respond. Uh, whoever responds first in a, to a question will also get a short uh, few seconds at the end to to uh, to give one more quick statement. So it'll go, uh, for instance, Heitkamp, Kramer, and then Heitkamp again. And then the next round will be Kramer, Heitkamp, and then Kramer again. And it'll go along through that until we get about 14 questions in. And then at the end, they'll each be able to ask the other one question apiece. And then oh at the end of that, uh, we'll we'll close it down. Well, that's going to be interesting. What 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 sort of areas do you expect to be? Fo- I mean, and again, I want you to tip your hand with the questions or anything. But some of the broad yeah. topic areas. What 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 do you th- what's what's important in this race well, right now? You know, I didn't I didn't come up with the questions, but I was in on the conference calls to try and weed the questions. It started with a whole bunch of questions, and I was in on the conference calls to try and weed them down to a, a manageable number. And I know a few things that really came up were. You know, North Dakota type things. We talked about: do we do we have a farm question? Do we have a a question about this? Do we have a question about that? And so that was one of the processes there as well. You know, we have a high school student who's on the panel, and he's going to ask at least one question that, that's uh, that's relevant uh, to his demographic and his age group. A uh, young man from Mandan, North Dakota. So that's going to be nice. Um, 
you know, it's going to be typical fare. It really is. I don't think there will be any surprise punches. Uh, we certainly don't want to have any surprise punches as far as the panel or I go. And uh, it's going to be typical, I think you could say, as far as the questions asked. A lot of people, because we've, we've, we've seen the polling, um, and, and the last couple of public polls have showed Kevin Kramer with a double-digit lead, and I, I think there's even a, a much smaller lead, but going back to February, Kramer's led pretty consistently. I mean, a lot of people out there kind of saying, you know, I don't want to say writing Heitkamp off, but, but making it seem she's got a very, very small chance of winning. And I'm not sure I entirely agree with that, Corey. I think that this is still a very fluid race, um, I think if things stay on the track they are now, things might not be for high camp. But I also know that things can change very, very quickly, including at an event like this. I think that's why these debates, you know, a lot of times the candidates, they have their talking points and they have their sort of pro forma answers or whatever. But when you, you force them into a room and you make them stand on stage next to each other and they have to engage with one another, sometimes – uh, you know, that, that, that carefully polished shell around them can crack a little bit and something, right? dare I say, authentic yeah. can get out. So I, that's my sense of this race is that it it's looking good for Kramer right now, but things could change very, very quickly. You know, I certainly wouldn't expect anything offensive or some crazy, you know, nuclear bomb goes off tonight during this. But what I, what I see from a debate is this. You have two candidates who generally have been running neck and neck, and depending on who you ask, I realize some people say this or that in polling, but let's just say they're running dead even. Well, what we need to do and what debates are supposed to do is to try and separate those candidates and, and try and give the, the regular people a chance to say, okay, now I understand what that meant or what this meant, without it being in the context of a TV commercial or a newspaper advertisement or, or, or an editorial or a talk radio host or anything like that. And, and you get the other person to be able to answer on the spot, which doesn't happen very often during a campaign. So that's what I really like about debates, the ability to try and separate candidates and give people uh, a chance to hear actual responses to whether it's accusations or issues or anything like that. And that's what I'm really hoping to get accomplished tonight. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say about talk radio show host, Corey, but uh, I'm going to take it off. <laughs> you know I said editorials, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yep. Do you expect the issue? I mean, obviously, the, the big bombshell in this race has been the issue with Senator Heitkamp's ad and the sexual assault survivors. I mean, that's still very yeah. much in the news cycle right now. Do you expect that to come up tonight? I Well, I wouldn't say one way or another. Um, I, who knows what will come up? Uh, in their own banter, um, I, 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 I wouldn't say one way or another about the questions, but as far as their own back and forth, it, it, I would assume that would be inevitable. Uh, you know, they'll each get a chance to ask the other a question, and so there's a chance that something could happen there. And I haven't spoken to either candidate yet, but I will tonight beforehand. Um, but uh, I, I don't know, but, but one would assume, I guess. Are you disappointed there hasn't been more debates in this race? Because I am, and I, and I will say this. One thing that I have always admired about Kramer is that he is very accessible, both from the standpoint that he comes on shows like mine and a lot of other shows, even the Senator's Brothers show, consistently. Yeah. Um, r reporters I hear from say he's very, very easy to get in touch with. That's not always true of public officials. Um, and so I, it surprised me that, that Kramer has been a little reticent to schedule more debates. In fact, I was critical of him just recently for not scheduling more debates. Uh, that surprised yeah. me. Uh, does it surprise you yeah. as well? I expected there to be a lot of debates in this race. I, I kind of did as well, and what it's become is it's debate through paid advertisements. 
And and that isn't, you know, we're all happy to take paid advertisements, trust me, but that isn't necessarily the best way to separate candidates. And I would say that they've both been very accessible to those of us at the Grand Forks Herald uh, throughout time. So I would I would have always expected there would have been a good series of debates. Um, So, yeah, I guess I am a little bit. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, at the end of the evening, what is, how, what, what's, what's a successful, what's mission accomplished for you out of this debate? Well, what's mission accomplished for me as the moderator is that it goes smoothly. Um, as a newspaper man, I guess what I would like is we get some, we get some differences between them and, and some explained differences. Um, my hope as moderator is, is that, uh, you know, the power doesn't go off, <laughs> yeah. that, that, there's, that there's no craziness involved, you know, and, and we're hoping that everybody is, is, is on their best behavior. And I'm not talking candidates. I'm just talking everybody. The idea is to let them have their say in a nice, controlled setting where they don't have people yelling at them or things like that. That's what my role will be tonight, and that's what my hope is. Now, in, in terms of the audience, I understand there was like 50. Uh, I have listened to some of these debates in past cycles, and it, it could sometimes feel like one side or the other will pack the room, and their people will be there, yeah. and, and you'll, you'll get some cat calls or, or a bunch of cheers. I mean, it, I've heard that right. in the past. Uh, it, what's being done on that front? Well, I, I – I... Honestly, I'm not sure what could be done about cat calls or jeers other than a, a you know, a, a polite reminder from the moderator to try and keep those under, ta- under hat. Um, I, there's going to be security there tonight. I don't really know what that means other than, you know, if there's any wildness, I suppose that would be there. Um, you know, I've done, I've moderated a lot of debates and I've had it before where you've had, you've had some craziness, but I think each time you do it, you get a little better at how to react to it. So yeah, again, it's just my hope. It's a small crowd tonight, by the way. It's not a it's not a very very big venue, and I don't think there'll be more than 250 or 300 people in that place. Um, if you had a thousand seat arena, I think you'd have more of that issue. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. Um, and and I mean, anything else heading into tonight? I mean, what 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 are you? Is, is there any particular area you're hoping? Because like you said, I agree with you. I think the value of these debates is is the candidates contrasting with one another. What are the differences? Right. And I think the bet you get them on stage, you get them together. They can't avoid one another, and and it's in the moment, and, and they got to be candid, they got to be spontaneous. Um, is there any particular areas that you're hoping to hear con? You know, the the, the candidates address and, and and define what their differences are for voters. Well, I, I worry that anything I say right now will belie the okay, fact that sure. I know what the questions are, and so I'm right. trying to really be careful of that. I understand. Uh, but again, I, I'll just go back to what I said before. I just, I just hope we can separate them and give each of them a, a, a very well thought out, uh, of, you know, the, the ability to give us well thought out answers without the pressure of all of, of what this race has become. You know, I, I had a friend who emailed me this morning and, and, and was talking with, this, with me about this. And I, I joked, I said, you know, when I agreed to do this, it was just a debate. And now, you know, the future of uh, American government, at least for the next couple of years, <laughs> well, could be at stake here tonight. Well, yeah, and, that's uh, true. It, it, it's, that's what's happened in this race in little old North Dakota. Suddenly this is a big deal. And I don't know if you know who all the uh, credentialed media will be tonight, but there's some serious credentialed media coming to this tonight. And even that makes you realize, wow, this is a big deal. And so that's what my hope is, is to give them a chance to really speak in front of a whole lot of media, in front of the whole state. We're all streaming it. We're running on radio. We're running it on TV. 
C-SPAN is going to be there tonight. I think Showtime is going to be there tonight. So there's a chance for these folks to really separate themselves, uh, but also to give their statements and give their opinions on the issues that matter up here. Yeah, it's a big, big deal. Corey, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. We'll see you. You bet. Thank you. It's Corey Wenzel, publisher of the Grand Forks Herald and moderator for tonight's debate. This is the Rob Report, 970 WDYAM 93.1 FM. And just remember, you can listen to the debate 7 to 8 p.m. right here on this on this, uh, on this this station you're listening to right now. Uh, and that's, frankly, I think that's the best way to listen to it. I don't know. I don't know what anybody else thinks. That's what I think. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Little Jack White Kyle as we come back. That ain't so bad. You know it. You know what I was just listening to this morning? And the reason why I was listening to it is uh, Loretta Lynn just came out with a new album. Ah, yes. Yeah, 86 years old. She sounds as good as ever. Mm -hmm. She is awesome. She's a national treasure. Uh, But that that had me re-listening to uh, Van Leer Rose, the uh, Mm -hmm. 2004 album she cut with... uh, well, Jack White, he performed with her on a couple of tracks. But, right. Um, there was uh, he, he Portland, Oregon, it. I think, was one of them. Great, great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of them. Uh, great album. Yeah. He's so talented. I uh, I love Jack White. I got to see him in August, actually, at the Armory in Minneapolis. You a are show. a lucky, lucky man. I wanted to come to that White Stripes uh, con- when they were in uh, Fargo a while back. Well, I the White it. Stripes never came to Fargo. Didn't they? No, they they were scheduled to because I had was tickets. The, uh, the Racket Tours. Uh, no, <laughs> they never came either. No, it what was Jack no. White came and did an acoustic show at the Fargo Theater because he was doing like a six city show um, acoustic tour because he was going to all the states that he hadn't gone to yet, and North Dakota was one of them. He played at Ralph's Bar in Moorhead years ago at the White Stripes, um, but. Wow, he came back and did a, like a pop up show in in Fargo. It was it was one of those things where he was on this tour, but it was secretive, and he oh, wasn't okay. announcing the city of the show until the day of. And then it was thousands of people in line, and only eight hundred got in, and he had to stand in line to get a wristband for three bucks. It's um, <laughs> it's I I I always want to go see my favorite bands and artists live, and I never I never end up doing it. And it's always because I just can't get the schedule to work out or the tickets are too expensive. It's, it's what comes with, with fatherhood. Right. Um, where you just you just don't get to do that stuff. So that sucks. I always wanted to see them live. Yeah, I stood in line for 13 hours for that show. Yeah. And then I, then I went to the Armory this August and we stood in line for maybe six hours just because it was a general admission show. But we were right at the stage, so it was great. Worth that the wait. That is awesome. I bet you he would be awesome in concert. Jack he was White. he I was bet. fantastic. Was he fan? Yeah. You Boy. can see you can actually see one of his live shows right now. I think it's it was a live show from Washington D.C. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, I I you know I actually I saw that. I watched a documentary a while back too. Uh, it was called It Might Get Loud. Yes. I don't know if you saw that one. With that Jimmy was Page and the Edge. Jimmy and Page Jack and White. the Edge and Jack White. And the the most amazing thing is that Jack White built. A guitar, <laughs> while he added like a cigar box and a stick, yep, and a string, and it was it, it was, was like even a two like by he... four, a coke bottle, and a guitar yeah, string, something like that. And he I, plugged he... it. He had a little deal that he plugged an amp into at the end of this two by four, and yeah, he was playing guitar. And then with he just this contraption. And then it had one string, and then just started jamming on it, and it sounded great. And he was Amazing. using yeah, he was using the coke bottle to change the notes. But that's just, that's just the kind of guy he is. He lives 
He has like a farmstead. He's got acres down in Nashville, Tennessee. He does like he th- he like upholsters furniture. In he his used free time. to, yeah. That's he, he to, actually, yeah. yeah. Back in Detroit, before he became a musician, he was uh, he upholstered furniture. And actually, I, well, he's, he's still it's got pretty, a shop where he still does it. Like, like he in still his does it a little bit because he yeah. he enjoys it. Actually, if you there are <laughs> there's this is diving deep, Jack White, but there are some couches out there that he has reupholstered in the in the Detroit area that people have gotten their hands on, and he has hidden 45 records in those couches. <laughs> but just, wow. and, and they're highly sought after, obviously, but you don't know if you've yeah. got one or not. I mean, it could be anybody buying a couch at some thrift store in the Detroit area. I don't know how we got down this rabbit. Well, your bump music is how we got down this rabbit hole, but this is not what we plan. What I plan on talking about this segment, <laughs> but oh well. Oh well, I need, I, we need a little break for politics. It's been it's been a crazy week, crazy crazy week. I did cable news this week for the first time, Kyle. I heard that. Yeah, you were on Fox News last night, and we all we all saw why Port works in radio. <laughs> How was Brett? It was Brett Bear, right? Brett Bear. Uh, yeah. Well, they pre-recorded it because I was just part of a news segment, um, mm-hmm. and so like I I recorded the interview with like a producer. They called me over Skype, and then, oh, got it. And then uh, I gave them, they used uh, the audio from this program with my interview with Senator Heitkamp. They played that on, and uh, which, is, which is great. I mean, it's obviously great to be in front of national media, but I don't, I don't know that TV is a medium I'm ever working it's in. Getting our, it's getting our radio station here in Fargo some national exposure, which is nice. Which is very nice. I'm happy for that. Um, I, I don't know that my face needed national exposure. Um, that's, that, that, that's for the hosts. Even, the producers yeah. are even worse, so don't, just don't worry yeah. about it. They uh, they asked me for some headshots, which I mean I have some. You work in this business, you gotta have some. I feel like a fool saying that I have headshots, but I do. No, you I need said some. To him, I said to him, but I apologize. I said there's nothing wrong. That's just how I look. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you just instantly send them the headshot, and you just I apologize. No, well, they asked for it. For they this. said, well, we need, you know we need we'd like to because they used it during the segment too. Like they flashed my my dumb face up there, and then they used some video of me from Skype. But it's your face, which, uh, so don't. I mean, it just it's fine. I mean, that's yeah. what it's there for. That's what headshots are I for. Suppose. Yeah. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Joshua Shea is going to be on next. Uh, and he's been out on a uh, a little bit of a media tour about this this ballot mix-up. Now, we had the Secretary of State, Al Jager, on earlier in the program. His argument is that this was the county's mix-up. They did everything right in his office, but the county mixed things up. That's his argument. And uh, I have a feeling, maybe I'll be wrong, Kyle, but I have a feeling Josh is is not going to agree with that characterization. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he says about it. Yeah. So anyway, we'll talk with him about that coming up next here uh, on The Rob Report. And uh, in the meantime, stay tuned because we're going to take a break and you're going to listen to some ads. And then you're going to come back and then it's going to be interview time. And if you want to call in, you certainly can. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Port, 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Joining me now is Josh Boucher. He's a state representative from District 44. He's a Democrat. He's also running for the Secretary of uh, State position. Josh, how are you doing? Hey, Rob. Always good to be on with you. You, uh, you're being pretty critical of our uh, Secretary of State over a uh, ballot snafu. Now, Al was on the program earlier and uh, gave his side of the story, but let's hear from you. What, what, what's going on? 
Well, uh, my understanding, uh, based on news reports and visiting with the auditor up in uh, Mercer County, is you know the Secretary of State provided uh, information on a ballot ahead of time uh, that wasn't accurate, uh, and so uh, did not inform auditors in a timely fashion that another candidate had dropped off you know signatures. So everyone hold on for a few minutes, um, and you know now Mercer County is having to recast ballots, and uh, there's potential that in that Congress race, uh, some votes aren't going to get counted. Now, when, when I spoke with Al, he said that it, well, I have a quote here, he says, it wasn't the fault of the system or this office. And, and the way he characterized it is they had, they had pre-printed a ballot, but at the last minute they had another candidate come in and that the mistake was on Mercer County's behalf that they sent out the ballots prematurely or, or didn't double check to, to, to see that the ballot had, in fact, been finalized when, when in fact, there was a, a last minute candidate so so secretary jagger has been saying that the mistake is on the county level now you say you've spoken to the auditor in mercer county what what are they telling you are they saying it was the secretary of state's fault she is she is and so are the printers of the um the ballots you know they said that uh you know why would i don't understand how (laughs) this doesn't make sense to me rob how how do you pre-print a ballot and send it out to people when the deadline hasn't even passed that, that in itself sounds like an error to me. Um, you know, there's a 4 o'clock deadline for paperwork, and it sounds like paperwork came in at 1 o'clock that afternoon. So why are, why are ballots going out that aren't even uh, finalized when you have a clear window there? Were, 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 were the ballots printed, though? Because I, my understanding is that the, the change is happening within a computer. And I, I'm saying this, I'm an outsider. I don't know how these computer yeah, systems or anything right. work. But, uh, I mean, my understanding was it sounded, for, from Al's description, like, you know, they, they had they had done up a ballot in in the computer system but then that that i i guess draft of the ballot that ultimately went to the printer wasn't changed i guess for the last minute so i, I don't know the ballots were printed ahead of time but somehow they got to the printer without that last minute change that's that's my understanding yeah so again you know it sounds like technology and al jager don't mix very well um this was a you know i guess i look at it as you know before the deadline, if information is going out to auditors for them to prepare their ballots, um, why is the information not complete? Uh, and if they have if they have access to that information, and there's a deadline that's come, and someone has walked in the office three hours before the deadline, I guess I, my first thing is to send an email to everyone and say, "Hey, everyone, hold on. We're going to verify some signatures here and hope to have more information for you in the morning." Um, so you know. This is this is uh, par for the course with Al Jager. Uh, he's had several mistakes when it comes to ballots over the last ten years, and he continues to say it's someone else's fault or it's someone else, some other issue, uh, instead of taking leadership and saying, you know, there was a mistake, and we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. But he hasn't said that. That's why in 2008 and 2010, we had ballot initiative or ballot language that came out of his office approved that wasn't written correctly. Uh, 2010, uh, libertarian public service commissioner candidate wasn't included because he lost his paperwork in the office. Um, you know, it's, it's time and again, and, and this is why, you know, there's a lot of people interested in finding someone new for this office, including the secretary's own party. Now, you, uh, you, you, you listed a couple there, and I, I recognize them because I've written posts. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's where you found some of the info, but uh, I, I've written posts where I have, I have listed uh, a lot of these problems over the years. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I mean, they're, they're concerning, and they're worthy of criticism. 
Uh, but just playing devil's advocate here, I, I, I think what Secretary Jagger would say is it's it's a very large system. Uh, there's multiple levels. We have the state level, the Secretary of State's office, but then we also have all the county auditor's office that run local elections. The ballots are different all over the state. I, I mean, it's, it's a very human-dependent system, and so mistakes are going to be happening. And, and if you're talking about um, even six, seven mistakes over the course of 10 years, is that really a lot? Well, I guess I would ask that of the voters whose vote might not count up in Mercer County right now. Um, so, yes, mistakes happen. Uh, and this is a complex system. But then it's a matter of instead of reacting to systems, how are we being proactive? How are we looking forward after the first mistake in 2008 and saying, how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Only to find out in 2010 it happened again. Um, and so we, we learn from our mistakes. We move forward. We take ownership for those mistakes. Uh, but to continue to allow those mistakes happen um, isn't appropriate for the Secretary of State's office. Is that what's going to happen in Mercer County? Because obviously early voting's happening. You can you know vote absentee or, or by mail or what have you. Uh, is Mercer County a vote-by-mail state? I guess I don't know. Vote-by-mail county? They are. vote-by-mail county. Okay. Um, my understanding now, is uh, just under 1,000 votes have been cast. Um, okay. So what the, the auditor informed me, because I asked her, you know, what's your state's attorney saying? How are these ballots going to be counted? And so there's a second set of ballots going out to everybody, um, and they're indicated with a red star or some sort of indication on them. So if someone voted the first ballot but did not vote their second ballot, the first ballot will count except for the congressional race. So that's where we run into an issue for Kelly Armstrong, Max Schneider, and, and Charles Tuttle, is that there's likely going to be a handful of ballots um, where those votes aren't counted. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that – I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, that race might be close. It might not be close. My feeling is it's probably not going to be close on the polls, but that's irrelevant. If it was close, potentially we've got a problem here where maybe – Two, three, four, five hundred votes in in Mercer County. Maybe, maybe don't. I and I, I don't know what the number is going to be, but maybe they don't count in, in election. Maybe it gets settled by a hundred votes. Well, you know that that can matter. Uh, so you're right. right. This well, I, I think and regardless I, I, of the outcome, it's the integrity of when when people yeah. are casting their ballots. They have faith in a system that is supposed to be working to have their voice be heard. And so the outcome may be impacted, and the outcome may not be impacted, but. If I'm voting, whether it's in Mercer County or Cass County or anywhere else, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm voting on the right ballot, but also my vote counts. Now, you another thing, you've you've had some big pictures of Secretary Jagger's desk. Um, I have used those pictures in the past as well. Uh, it, it, it sure doesn't look good, but I again, I, I think the defense, we actually had somebody call in while, while Al was on and said, you know, my desk looks the same way. And I'm telling you, Josh, I'm sitting here at my desk, uh, if somebody came in and took a picture of it, I'd probably be a little embarrassed, too. Um, sometimes we get busy and our desks get a lot of stuff on them. Is that really a fair criticism? Yeah, you're right. We all have busy times and our paperwork piles up and, and whatnot, I think. But when it's consistent and it's always those same piles of paper, I mean, one of the pictures is from 2014. And you look at pictures folks posted from submitting ballot initiatives this year, um, the desk looks very much the same. And for me, I think it's just a very visual of this is an office that still works on paperwork, physical paper, when we should have been integrating technology 13 years ago when the legislature started funding online registration projects. And so whether that paper itself has to do with online regis or, uh, business registrations or not, 
it's it's symbol symbolic of how behind the times this office has gotten and North Dakotans deserve better. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. A listener emails in to remind me. Kurt says, uh, Al said the auditor didn't use a certified copy to make the ballot. Is that your understanding as well, that they, they used a, a pre-copy, not the final certified copy? Is that your understanding, or what, what what's your response to that? Well, um, she has not said that to me, but, you know, that's, I think, almost inferred, because how else would you have a copy without his name on it? So, again, why are uncertified copies being out, um, or why are they being used um, to, to plan a, a ballot? You know, I well, still, of course, I'm not in that office. I have to understand more of those processes. And in visiting with a couple other auditors about how this works, um, you know, it's a system in which the, the Secretary of State puts in the statewide information, the county auditors put in their local information. But again, I guess how does uh, how does an auditor even able to send off an uncertified copy um, to the printers? Does the system not flag that? Because uh, the printer prints for 51 of the 53 counties. There's only two counties that don't use that printer, and, and uh, I think it's St. Cloud. So they're all going similar route through similar means. So what, what failed in the system that allowed an uncertified copy to be authorized to be used? Well, is it that, I, I mean, I mean that, that almost kind of makes it sound like the mistake then's at the county level. Why did they use an uncertified copy? Right, and why does the, if that's the case, then why does the system allow someone to use an uncertified copy? Yeah, I you know, I, I think, the, you know, I sit and think about this and we're having a rational conversation about it. And, and I, this might be an argument against myself, but I'll be honest about it. It's one county out of 53, or out of, you know, so the 52 others have worked. But again, how can one county get an uncertified ballot that's able to be authorized to be sent off to be printed at the same print shop that 50 of the other counties are using? I don't know. I mean, that's a fair question, and I, I think we're always worried, especially as as time is moving on, and and I think maybe efforts to defraud the system or meddle in our elections, whether we're talking about foreign agents or domestic agents or or whatever. I you know I, I think I think we've always got to be scrutinizing these processes, uh, you know, right. to, to make sure from 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 the voter and voter ID and casting the ballot to how the ballots are made. I mean, the whole process. You know, it needs to be scrutinized. Are you hearing you've you've, you've, you've alluded to, to speaking to other auditors? What have they been telling you about their interactions with the Secretary of State's office? You know, um, the, the common theme I hear from auditors, you know, whether they're a vote by mail county or a traditional voting county or east or west, is uh, the relationship with the Secretary of State's office that existed ten years ago just isn't there anymore. Um, they're concerned about the lack of information that comes out, and a lot of that revolves around you know the changing. Uh, laws and the lawsuits associated with voter ID, but they just feel like, you know, information comes out after the fact and they're not communicated with in terms of legislation that's being worked on, um, how these lawsuits are going, how they can prepare their poll workers or or their county for any changes. Um, So they're just looking for a secretary of state uh, that's, you know, willing to communicate, to build relationships. Um, There's the Association of County Auditors who, you know, this summer had to pass a resolution uh, and then it was reinforced by the Association of Counties last week, uh, saying, you know, there's $750,000 of Help America Vote funds sitting in the Secretary of State's office. We would like to make sure that gets towards voting equipment and voting software. And the Secretary's response to them is that's going to be used for salaries. Um, and so, you know, they aren't feel that there's this partnership 
they don't feel that there is a, a two-way communication going on, and that's certainly an area of improvement. Josh, thanks for your time. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day. It's Josh Boshe. This is Rob Port, 970 WDYAM 93.1 FM. We'll wrap the show up right after this. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDYAM 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Hey, Kyle, did you see the new – I'm working on tomorrow's show. Did you see the new um, logo that Governor Burgum's office announced uh, earlier this month? I did not see that. North Dakota, we've had a motto for a while. Uh, it's be legendary, and we had like a logo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the governor's office announced what, what they called a brand – refresh and um they're, they're building on the the legend oh it's, it wasn't we were just legendary before so what what Bergham's office did is they they redid the logo and they changed it to be legendary is what happened I'm, I'm having a hard time with this because i don't really pay much attention to any of this stuff um but anyway uh, not a lot of i've actually heard from a few people now that don't like it and and honestly if, if you look at the logo that the the governor's office um released it honestly looked like something that i who does does not have an artistic bone in my body could do on ms paint i uh not real impressed with it anyway there is a uh, there's a group of people group of business leaders and and all sorts of different people uh, who have now signed an open letter uh, over 700 signatures so far uh, asking the governor to restore the previous logo and uh to, to restore the previous logo uh in fact i just i just got this press release i'm I'm, i think i'm gonna book somebody on the radio about it tomorrow but uh a lot of people are hopping mad about this new logo kyle i'm looking at it right now i i don't know why why are people so upset about it i mean it's well let me let me this, this is a press release um that i was just sent uh, it, it, here's, let me, let me quote for it. It says, while it was certainly time for a brand refresh, spending less than $10,000 on a logo that will be the face of our state for more than a decade to come is a massive misstep for a project estimated to cost upwards of $50 million over the next 15 years. As with our previous brand, investing this little in its focal point is nearly unbelievable. I, I think, but I, I don't, I don't even know. Cause that kind of makes it sound like their argument is we didn't spend enough money on it, which right. Uh, is not it that's kind of seems like a silly argument well i will but, say that i uh, you could have given me five grand and i would have done this in i could have done that logo in, uh, i could have done that logo in I less have zero than an hour talent. Yeah. <laughs> but i mean it's, this is it's, also from the press release J- jordan uh, it's simple and streamlined it's clean it looks good but is it worth 10 grand i don't think it's worth 10 grand yeah. A gentleman by the name of Jordan Loftus is the one who we've, I, I think I'm going to get him on the program tomorrow. Um, and this is also from the press release. It says, this mark does nothing to help represent North Dakota attractively to outside talent, nor does it well represent our communities here today. It is an uninspired leap backwards that forecasts a dour future if this is the symbolic direction our state decides to take. I mean, why wouldn't you do something like, I'm just going to throw something out there. Think about having graphic design maybe students doing graphic design in different schools in the state submit their own logos for this be legendary campaign and we pick the best one this kind of came out of the blue because a lot of times there's a whole process to this because this i mean it is 
I don't want to build this into too much. This thing does get used a lot, but normally there's a whole process, and this just came out of the blue from the governor's office. Anyway, I'm writing about it for SayAnythingBlog.com, so go check there after the show, and I'm going to get somebody on about it on the show tomorrow, so tune in for that. Uh, this is the Rob Report. Jay Thomas straight ahead. You know you're going to want to stay tuned for that. You can always catch me here 12 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.